Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellas Podcast. My name is Carlos. And I'm Ozzy, O-Z-Z-Y, for those people who can't spell Ozzy right, it's not I-E, it's Y. So, there you go. That might be the longest one ever. In this episode, (laughs) we will review Billy Lynn's long halftime walk and recap the latest episodes of Westworld, The Walking Dead, and Star Wars Rebels. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Ozzy, how are you doing? It's been a long day. It's been a long day, but I'm here. I'm living. <laughs> it's, I guess that is feeding into you having a really long name on the intro and this movie that we're reviewing that has the longest title probably of all the movies we've seen this year. Um, so it's it's fitting. It's all it's all coming together, Ozzy. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. I mean, people, people just spell my name wrong. Like, they spell it with an I-E, and I don't know why they do that. But it's with a Y, so just had to clarify that. All right, fair enough. Just for um, the viewers out there, all the listeners out there who always were confused about my name. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, they, you want to know something I discovered, or not really discovered, but I, I admitted today. What'd you, what'd you do? I am addicted to Oscar news. Oh, boy. Like, I've been following all the different awards. Like, we had the, the Gotham Awards were last night. That's for independent film. Uh, Moonlight won. Casey Affleck, I believe, won it for the best actor in there. I, I think so, if I remember correctly. Um, and then yesterday, or no, today, the, um, something review board or something like that. It's basically a bunch of critics came up with their list and their awards. And, uh, Manchester by the Sea won for that one. And Moonlight director won. And, all these different things, and I'm just following all this, trying to get a some sort of idea of what's coming up for the Oscars. And Casey Affleck won for that one as well. Um, so he is definitely on the track to definitely get nominated. I don't know. It'll probably win, honestly. So I, I, I'm so jealous that you're going to be able to see Manchester by the Sea this weekend. <laughs> and I'm not going to be able to, but most likely, unless like the regal by my house, or by, my, not my house, by my school surprises me, but most likely not going to happen. I wonder why your regal doesn't do it, but mine's well, not. Because, it's really weird. Uh, at, because we're in a small city over here and it's just, they, don't think that college students care, which in general is true. So it's, it's frustrating, but it's true. Oh, you want to know something else interesting um, from, or two interesting things from those awards that I mentioned? What? Jeff Bridges won for best supporting in the critics thing that I told you about. And in the Gotham Awards for best breakthrough actress was Anya Taylor-Joy for The Witch. Oh, wow. Yeah, she did great in that movie, man. Yeah, dude, I was excited to see her name pop up there. And I was a little upset. I need to see the movie or the director that won for Best Breakthrough Director because that movie better be super impressive because how Robert Eggers didn't win for – or Roger Eggers, I believe it is, didn't win for The Witch blows my mind. Um, So I need to see that movie that beat him out because, to me, there was no other choice in that category. But anyway – I digress, and let's kind of move into this movie that has a super long title. This is the last time I will say this title until the end of this review, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. Um, we are going to refer for, to it as Billy Lynn from now on. Um, but a Very long title. Yes, Billy Lynn in the very long movie title. Um, <laughs> what did you think of Billy Lynn? That was alright, man. It wasn't nothing. <laughs> I wasn't. I was not. I, you know, I, I came with too excited because I thought the trailer looked really good. You know what I'm saying? I thought Joe, um, Alwyn mm-hmm. would be like a breakout star. Um, he did, and he did, he did okay. In he played movie. Billy Lynn, right? Yeah, he played Billy Lynn. Um, I'm not gonna say he did horrible. He did okay in this movie. I thought he would, I thought this would be like a breakout performance for this star. Um, I thought the cast would be better, but, it really wasn't all that great. Um, I had issues with this movie, but I'm just going to start with the positives here. Positives only. Um, I thought the cast was generally 
Okay. Um, when they they do show that soldiers are still um, very affected by war in this yeah. movie, so I do think that they show a good. Uh, this is the first time I'm going to use good in this movie. They do show a good illustration of soldiers really um, struggling to be home again and really grasping what it feels like to be at home again. Mm-hmm. Especially this is set in a time when. Like nobody really talked about PTSD, so I think this definitely this this definitely had a very interesting um, k- kind of message in it, and I really did appreciate that. I think the story is where it was lacking, but as for like the themes and the message of the movie and what the movie was really trying, just ultimately trying to say, what the director was trying to say, Ang Lee, the director, was trying to say, um, I think it did succeed on some level on. Um, decently on a decent level i would say um as for the cast i think steve martin was really good um i don't think he's gotten any major like oscar chance or anything just because number one he wasn't in it too too much he was in it he was in it a decent amount but not too too much and number two the movie's not all that well received so it's just not gonna happen um kristen stewart she's been in two movies that she's really generally impressed me in this year so I think people, I think a lot of people will just think of her and remember her for the Twilight movies. And I think it's time for people to stop with that because she is genuinely a good actress. And I think she was really good in this movie as well. Um, Vin Diesel was fine. He was passable. I know you will have a few things to say about Vin Diesel as we move forward, I think. Um, Chris Tucker surprised me in this movie. I thought he was actually pretty good. Um, I don't know what you thought, but it took me a while. To, I was like, is that? Tucker? Like, dang, okay. And he was actually pretty good. So I, I would say the cast overall was pretty good. There's no, like, Academy Award-level performances in this movie. But overall, I thought the cast did really well. I thought I thought the cast did okay. I mean, <laughs> if I'm going to give someone um, any recognition, it would probably be Kristen Stewart, like you just said. I think she's a good actress. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think I agree with you what you said. I mean, people need to stop... Um, really reminding her that she was in the Twilight series because it's over. She has some talent and I do want to see her in more things because that she, she does a good job. She does have talent. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cast is just okay for me. Yeah. That's it. Um, and I, I just, I really did like though. It was a very, the, the movie was told in a nonlinear kind of way, like where they would have flashbacks and you'd kind of get part of what happened through dialogue, all these different things. Um, and, Overall, I thought that the film did it pretty well. Um, there were times when I was a little disappointed by some of the payoff there, and we'll again we'll get there. But overall, I thought it did pretty well, and I thought the story, as as weak as it kind of was, when I, I was generally interested in the characters, I would say I was more interested in the characters than I was the story, just because I think the the story was or the characters were pretty well fleshed out, in my opinion. I don't know about you um, with how the characters were written, but I thought the characters were fleshed out pretty well. I thought the characters... Okay, again, man. It, like, it's pretty hard for me to say that the characters sort of grew on me mm-hmm. because, to me, they didn't really have that much... Some of the cameos, like Chris Tucker, for instance, um, this is really isn't a huge spoiler, but... Like, more than half the movie, he was on his phone the whole entire time. Um, that was his job, I, I, though. It didn't bother Yeah, me. but it didn't, It didn't like, it didn't, like, I didn't really care for him because he was just always on his phone. It's always just, like, and I know people are going to judge me because they do the same thing, but it's always, a, like, it's just that one friend that you always have on the phone. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, you're trying to have a conversation with some, like, like you guys are all having a conversation, mm-hmm. but he's that one person on the phone all the time. I understand that's his job, but it just didn't it didn't gravitate me towards him in any way. I mm-hmm. just I just thought he was just there. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Um Alright. You do you have any more positives or do you want to move into negatives? I can move into negatives. Alright. Um I will kind of start off here with uh, like I've mentioned it before, the story. The story is generally pretty weak, honestly. There's not too much to it. There's a lot of like your because of how the film is laid out and how the narrative is kind of structured, you're trying to figure out exactly what happened and um, why Billy Lynn is considered a hero and all these different things. But 
part of my problem with the story, this isn't my whole problem. I just, overall, I don't think it was all too interesting. The story itself, itself, I was more interested in the characters. But the pro- my problem with this story is the payoff. Basically, this entire time, and this is going to sound, this might sound horrible, but this entire time we're told, like, he's just this great hero, this huge event happened, and he's like, it was the worst day of my life, and I'm being praised for it, all these different things that you get from the trailer, right? And you finally get kind of answers to that. And once you see what happened, it, it didn't seem like that big of, like, I was expecting some huge thing, and it just wasn't. I, I don't know. Like, this might, that might sound horrible. I don't, I don't know if I sound like a complete douche right now, but to me, it just was not as much of a payoff as I was expecting, um, for the, something that the entire movie basically revolves around. I completely agree with you on that statement. This was supposed, to, like, I wanted some. I wanted the ending to be a payoff because, like, like you said, the story really wasn't all that interesting. The only thing that really gravitated, the only thing that really got me into it sometimes was just the fact that these characters are dealing with with being in war again, uh, with being back home again. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was that interesting prospect to me. To me, if they would have stuck more to that, I would have been completely on board. Um, what do you think about Garrett, uh, Hedlund? Um, who did he play? He played Dime. He was like the leader. Oh, I, I thought he was pretty good. I mean, I didn't dislike him. He didn't distract me or anything. I don't know. I thought he was okay. I thought, <laughs> I thought he tried too hard to be tough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Like, it came off like he was just trying too hard to be, like, this tough uh, leader. Mm-hmm. Something that can make me sound like a douchebag, too. Sorry about that, guys. But, I don't know. It came off to me that he was just trying. Yeah. Excuse me. He was just trying too hard to be this uh, this character. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Diesel. <laughs> um, yeah, I knew you were going to bring him up. Oh, boy. He, he did okay in this movie, and I'm not going to... I'm not gonna say he did horrible in this movie because he did. Trying to be really nice right now. Uh, Okay, but I don't know why. In every movie, every time this man turns, he has a dramatic turn and is stupid. Why does Why does he have this dramatic turn? Like I don't understand. Just because he's been Diesel? Like come on. Like it's just I don't know why they have to do that to him every time. It's just a dramatic (laughs) turn, and then he always has to be. He always has to be. He was always so. They try to make him so motivational that it was. It came off cheesy at points. Yeah. So, it just did not work for me. Like I, I did not fully buy his character, and it has to do with hmm. the screenplay. Uh. The screenplay made his made some of these characters sort of unrelatable and somewhat cheesy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I guess it's it's based on a book, so it's hard. Um, in that sense, but I didn't have too much of my, like I said, my issue was more with the story and just the lack there of, like, it just wasn't there. Um, but anyway, the, my, my second major kind of negative here, and this is something that was very heavily discussed, I believe, because this was shot in a different frame rate than most, um, film is. So I don't know if you noticed that, that it kind of looked different. It looked more, um, it looked kind of more realistic, I guess you would say. It didn't look, it didn't have that movie kind of filter over it. Yeah. Um, so it, it was, it was interesting. I, I don't know. Did you notice it? Yeah, I did. I noticed it. I noticed the, I noticed it looked different. Yeah. I noticed, I looked, I noticed um, there was a difference. I, I didn't, it didn't really distract me. I knew people coming into it were, or people coming out of this movie and a lot of the reviews were like, uh, I'm not da- down for that higher frame rate. Like it was a lot higher too. Um, so it's really interesting, but to me, that wasn't my issue. My issue was honestly more with how they decided to frame a lot of these shots, but I, I see, honestly, I, I watched the movie and I was thinking like, man, this frame rate is actually distracting me. And then I realized like, it's not the frame rate really. It's honestly, it's the fact that a lot of, there were a lot of shots and I don't know if you noticed this too. There were a lot of shots in this movie that were shot from point of point of view. Like, there was no kind of over-the-shoulder, like, they would have the camera behind um, somebody and then have them talking. It was like the camera was that person's eyes looking up or down at somebody. And because of that, the person was directly in the center of the frame. And 
it was just like too clean cut and i don't know like this might sound way too technical but i'm it's just something that really got on my nerves like i was like why is everybody in the center of the frame and it's a major close-up on them and i was like oh my gosh we're in point of view right now um it, so it's just something that really frustrated me um i did not like the cinematography in this movie at all um, I completely agree with you, man. Um, the cinematography is, again, it was, oh boy, it was just difficult to sort of grasp. Mm-hmm. I was sort of confused at some of the shots that they chose. Because mm-hmm. I'm just like, what were you thinking? Um, that was one of my biggest things as well, just the cinematography, man. It's just that I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I guess what they were trying to do is make things more realistic. Um, but I just, it, didn't work um there was something that happened with billy lynn and it's supposed to like it's it's supposed to be gritty and he and he addresses it in the movie but when you see it happen it just it it doesn't feel realistic at all and i think you know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. but um yeah i mean i don't know man the movie was overall for a war movie it was decent, but it's nothing to me. It's nothing compared to, you know, American sniper or anything like that. It's nothing. But it wasn't even like people. I, I've seen this classified as a war movie. I honestly wouldn't even classify it as a war movie. It's almost like a post war movie. And like, yes, it takes place while they're still, while the country is still at war, but it's almost like it's about people dealing with war after being in war. And. In that sense, I think it did succeed, but overall, as a film, it just, I really struggled with it. And just for a reference on that frame rate thing, um, normal, no, standal frame rate is 24 FPS. This movie was shot in 120 FPS. That's yeah. a lot. And I, to me, it didn't distract me, but I heard people complaining when The Hobbit was shot in, like, what, 40, 48 um, FPS? People were complaining that it was too high? I can imagine why people complain. I, I, I understand why people were complaining about the FPS in this. So it's definitely something really interesting to, uh, I don't know, keep your eye on and see if it's an experiment that continues to... People continue to do it. I, I don't think just because of how much people complained about it, I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, the higher frame rate, but it, it's definitely something to keep your eye on. Um, any other final thoughts on this movie? That's it for me, man. All right, you want to rate this? It's a five out of ten. Wow. Um, you are a whole point lower than me. I am at a six out of ten. Um, I think, like I said, in the sense of just the themes and the things that the film was trying to say, I do think it succeeded on that level. But a lot of the story and all these different other aspects of the movie, it just did not. Um, and it's not enough for me to recommend this movie. Um, I would, like, I would say that it's worth, like, if you wanted to go see it, I'm not going to say don't go see it, you know? Um, but it's just, it's not necessarily good. So I don't know. It's, Definitely a little bit of a disappointment. I didn't have too many expectations going in, but I think it's still kind of disappointing. Definitely, man. Agreed. Um, all right. You want to move into our Westworld recap? Let's do it. All right. Major, major spoilers ahead. We are, you can't talk about Westworld like Game of Thrones, like anything else. You can't talk about Westworld without spoilers and especially this latest episode. So if you have not seen the latest episode of Westworld, um, you might want to either stop the podcast here, go and listen, and then or go and watch, and then come back, or skip ahead to the next recap. Well, time codes in the description. Um, whatever you want to do, just keep your eyes on that. Um, so this is your last warning. Spoilers ahead. All right. So we had the latest episode of Westworld. Oh my gosh. Um, this episode confirmed. It confirmed the biggest and most, and probably the longest running, or at least half of the longest running theory online. Um, we are dealing with two timelines. We are dealing with a timeline that takes place, um, with the early, with early models of the, um, of the hosts and with basic, basically how they laid it out is they had, um, Dolores 
going through, she's basically rewalking her steps from her time with William and Logan. Um, she, she did go on all these adventures, but those things happened basically, as far as we know, they haven't given us specific dates, but we can guess around 30 years ago. All those things happened 30 years ago, and she is going and doing some of these things. Um, but at the same time, she's like, we're seeing two different things. And that's why, while they did reveal that it's two timelines, it's still very confusing. <laughs> um, because we don't yeah, know because... what was in the past, what was in, what was in present day. We don't know what she was actually doing. Um, we have a mishmash right now. Everything we've been seeing is two different things, and we don't know what is current. Agreed. Um, um, all I know is that both timelines are, I don't know from what it, I don't know. It, it's sort of confusing to me because it seemed like they were both still looking for Arnold and I don't know. They never really, I don't know. It was just, it, it was just really confusing for me because it's just like, we're both looking for Arnold, but he's dead. And I'm just like, okay, but what's the time frame on here? So then it was never really specific I, I, to me. I don't think it's. 30, I don't know if it was 30 years in the past, but that's just... That, it that's it just was. Me. I mean, it, it it was. Like, I don't know if it was a specific, it was exactly 30 years, but it was around 30 years because that's the time we keep getting thrown around. Um, and it was. Um, she went and basically what, what we know so far is that Arnold was messing with all these different things. Like, he was trying to get these hosts to be sentient. We know that. Um, he gave them that inner dialogue or whatever that what he thought would lead them to becoming um, self-aware, basically. So all those things happened. Dolores was basically the most advanced or whatever. Um, and then, obviously, we had whatever happened with Arnold's death. We don't know exactly what happened there. Um, and Ford took over, basically. Uh, everything kind of gets reset. Dolores goes back to using her, um, go, just following her loop. And then sometime 30 years ago, after Arnold's already been dead, um, she is starting to hear all these different voices again. She's starting to start er, to become self-aware again. And she, um, finds Logan or not Logan, Logan and Williams. They kind of, travel back or no they they are take go on this journey that we've seen part of and then Dolores basically dies um she gets shot and she starts to run away um and then that all that crap between Logan and William happens where William basically starts to break bad um he starts to kill some people and that was crazy what did you think of that moment when you realize William is not messing around anymore William did a completely did did a complete 180 for me, yeah. man. That was just I was just so shocked that he just obliterated everyone. All those hosts are dead. <laughs> so it's crazy. Um, um yeah. I mean he definitely got that I mean he definitely as as disappointed as I'd be, he definitely has the mindset that the hosts are basically nothing at this point. Yeah. Um, so that's something Except that for Dolores, he, in a sense. Um, yeah, because he cares for Dolores. So I mean, he. De I mean, there is a possibility for him to be the man in black, but yeah. I don't think it's a huge one. And I, 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 I disagree, man. I think that they basically like it's not confirmed, but it's confirmed that he is the man in black. Because all right, what I think kind of went down is. This this whole thing happened. Um, William knew what Dolores was after. He knew she was following this maze. She was trying to figure all this stuff out. She was trying to find the maze, right? Um, and basically, after Dolores gets reset and everything, um, because she dies after um, she gets shot by Logan, um, he starts going to the park, doing whatever. He's like, you know what? It doesn't matter anymore. I'm, I'm sure he probably went back to Dolores and tried to talk to her and realized she doesn't remember any of it because she got reset. Um, and yeah, it's just, it real, and then all this stuff happens, Logan, and what gives away the timeline, if anybody's going, how did you, how do you mean that the timeline, two timeline thing is confirmed? Logan gives William the picture that Dolores finds in the field in what, the first or second episode? Um, that picture was found right by Dolores' house, 
in the ground, like in the ground. And then she get, she started to see, she saw that, recognized that she was like, what is this? Because she's seen that picture before. She saw it when Logan gave it to William. Um, and then she, and then she gave it to her dad that started the whole glitching thing and that started all that nonsense. But anyway, once she saw that, I think that's when she, again, 30 years later decided, or she started to again have these kind of sentient thoughts where she started to have that inner dialogue and her inner programming started to get activated. And that's when she started retracing her steps and going back. And this is why I think um, the man in black was trying to find the maze because ultimately he knew that there was something about the maze that made Dolores different back when he was younger. Because I'm just, I know you don't want to do this, but I'm going to assume, for me personally at least, that William is the man in black. So William knew that the the maze was something important. So William decides, all right, you know what? I'm going to start to try to find this this maze as well. Um, and even, he might have even gone as far to maybe that's why he either rapes her or tortures her in the first episode. Because he wanted her to kind of start to do like he wanted her to go get get on this path of um finding the maze again and maybe a traumatic experience which is what they say what ford says to bernard um is going to activate that so maybe he tried to do that and maybe you're right all along who knows um but anyway um so she starts to find the maze or she's looking for the maze again dolores is and then william starts or the man in black, I'm calling him William now, the man in black starts to find the maze, and now they both, at the same time, finally found the maze at together. And I think that was their kind of... Re, they were reunited, in a sense, there. That's my thoughts. I don't know. What are your theories about what's going on with Dolores and the maze and the man in black? What is all... Since you are against William being the man in black, what do you have? Uh, the thing is, man, it's just... Okay, it's just it's also just the way they set it up. I mean, William William was when he was taking place, like when they were all captured, when William and Dolores were captured by um mm-hmm. by uh let me pull up his name real quick, by Logan. Um it was at like they were having this dialogue mm-hmm. at night. When the man in black was again when he's held hostage with uh with Teddy, it's at night. Yeah. And then in the morning Teddy is uh, not Teddy. Um, in the morning, you see what's his name? Space. You see uh, William talking to Logan, saying, "You're gonna help me find Dolores." And then, so that happens. And then in the morning, she arrives at that church, which we assume is the maze. And at, in that in that same morning, the man in black meets her there because mm-hmm. he's escaped. So it's just, I don't know. Like I don't like I don't know if it's if he's. The man, I don't know if he's a man in black, just because it took place during the same, around the same time, the same time of day. Yeah, but she's retracing her steps, and like, again, we don't know, we're seeing all this through Dolores' eyes, basically, so, and she thinks that this is all happening now, she doesn't realize that it's all happening, that this, this was all happening in the past until she gets to that church. So, again, it's all confused because it's through Dolores' eyes. While we got a big reveal, like I said, there's yeah, a the lot to in, learn. But the, man in, but, but the man in black part wasn't... The man in black being there, being captured at, at night, wasn't a part of Dolores' yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't. I still don't think he is, but like I said, if he is, I'll shut up. But... <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so, alright, let's kind of move on to, we didn't get too much of Maeve in this episode, but what we did, good lord, I am, ex- I'm, you know I'm a huge Maeve fan, um, but I am very on board with Maeve. The one thing that is confusing me now that we have this two timeline thing is when is Maeve's timeline, like when is that taking place? I think it's in the present day, but I'm not 100% sure because I, I also assume it's I would assume it's in the present day. Yeah, I that's that's my because, fault. I really do think it's in the because, present day. Yes, because you see her telling Bernard basically like all this stuff has gone yeah. down. Bernard then starts to remember, oh crap, maybe he's right, and then he goes to Ford like, yo, you like I need my memories back. So mm-hmm. it seems like it's in the present day. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. because she she's she even calls Bernard Bernard. She's like, we've been through this before. Mm-hmm. So, 
Okay, I'm pretty sure it's. In what are, what are, what do you think's going on with all these like? Because that one Hemsworth brother gets trapped by all these um, hosts that are not responding to him. So, I, to me, that kind of seems like it seems like there's a tribe or a group of hosts in the park that are self-aware but at the same time i'm just like but who could be leading them and how could that be working i'm, I'm confused about all that i i don't know what's going on there um that's the only thing because i had the theory maybe mave is leading them and everything we have been seeing with mave is also happening in the past but at the same time it doesn't add up with the bernard stuff so i don't know i'm very confused but i'm also very intrigued to see where it kind of goes um Maeve's storyline kind of goes, and I also what do, what do you think with all those hosts that weren't responding to the Hemsworth brother? That was really weird to me. I don't understand why they weren't um, why they weren't responding to him. It was a really great scene with uh, with 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 him though. But I, I just I'm confused still. I hope yeah. we get answers to why some of these hosts don't respond. Yeah, because some of it is confusing. Like when mm-hmm. Teddy went out there and he was hunting for and he was hunting for his nemesis. And he was shooting at this group. They weren't dying. Mm-hmm. They weren't. They weren't getting shot at at all. It was just like the bullets turned to dust. So it's it's that group and the Indians that I'm extremely confused about yeah. so far. Yeah, I, I'm definitely kind of confused. But it, it's I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right. Last thing that we're going to talk about is the Bernard stuff. Jeez, um, we get the reveal that Bernard is on some level Arnold. Now, I think there's a lot of confusion about this just in general because it's this show is confused. Like, you have to really be thinking when you're watching this show. And I think that's the beauty, but also the Achilles heel of this show. It, it takes a lot of thought. <laughs> um, but, so I think there's a lot of confusion. As this, Let me see. I'm going to tell you what I got out of this whole Bernard being Arnold thing, and let me see if that uh, agrees with what you think is true okay so we get this reveal that bernard is basically a host version of arnold i think arnold definitely did die whether he died as they as ford says he does says he died is still up for debate if he killed himself or if something went wrong obviously we kind of know from some of the dialogue we get with dolores that dolores had something to do with it so that's interesting um but i think Arnold definitely did die. And Bernard is... uh, Basically, Ford decided, I can't do all this without my partner. So he made a host version of Arnold and called him Bernard. That's what I got out of it. What did you get out of that reveal? Um, basically around the same thing. I mean, it's... it's He he is Arnold in some way. Now, whether it... Now, what I'm confused about is just... Okay, so we find out that Arnold is somewhat alive, but in not, a way. not in present day. Not not in present day, but he's somewhat like he's like his. What we I remember what we confirmed. I remember that you and I were talking about like his that like they made a host version of him. So I'm just yeah. confused as to why these hosts are are opening their are like are just starting to open their eyes more now. Yeah, because it's not like. Okay, because if Bernard is since now Bernard is Arnold and stuff like that, and he listens, so like I don't, I just don't understand. Like, how is he? Like, how are these hosts like fighting to speak to Arnold and fighting for Arnold if Arnold is still controlled by Ford? Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? Well, That's again the thing with Dolores, where she was talking to Arnold. All of that to me was taking place in the past. But then also, the, in a sense, but, I think her even, inner monologue even, is partially Arnold. So in a sense, but, he's alive in that way. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, when when we see when we saw her talking to Bernard, to me that was in the in the present mm, Beca- no. because you see him because she calls him Bernard and he's talking about his kid being dead, and he has her read uh, Alice in Wonderland, which is what he was, which is what he was reading to his son. Yeah, but that could have been Arnold's actual backs. Like that could have been. I'm pretty Arnold's sure. I'm pretty history. sure it was Bernard, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, but it. I think no. It was. Think about what she was wearing the entire time. Like all that was. She was in that dress. 
which means it was taking place back when Arnold was trying to, all those conversations were taking place back when Arnold was trying to get them to gain consciousness. Like back when Arnold was alive. And like she walks in, remember there's that scene where she walks into that church and all those hosts are in there like talking to themselves and shaking and all that stuff. It's because what Arnold was doing, the real living Arnold was doing was trying to get them to gain kind of self-awareness or consciousness. And it was causing a lot of them to freak out. And for some reason, Dolores, it, it was not affecting as negatively. Um, and she, he was having all those conversations with her then. Um, that's why when she shows up in the church at there, like towards the end, like there's nobody there. It's empty. Um, because Arnold's long dead. All this, there's nobody there anymore. That, all that stuff was taking place in the past. <laughs> show's really pissing me off <laughs> uh the, this is the thing with the show i think if they are able to explain this well and they've already done better than i was expecting because there were multiple times i said on this very podcast that there are times when i think that the two timeline theory is true and then there are times when i'm like how in the world could this possibly work if this is true and then we get some of this stuff revealed to us and I think the way that they did it with kind of Dolores re-walking, like walking her steps back and going through and kind of having visions of things in the past and all these different things, that explains some of, most of my problems with the two timeline theory. So they're already doing pretty well, but there are still a lot of questions with, okay, when does this take place? When does this take place? So if they're able to explain all these things well, and next episode is, is an hour and a half, so if they are able to use that hour and a half well to explain all of these things, then honestly, this show is killing it when it comes to nonlinear storytelling. I've never seen nonlinear, nonlinear storytelling on television like this. I've never seen it. I mean, I could have missed some great shows in the past, which I know I have. But this show is killing it right now when it comes to that. Because, like I said, they're taking steps in the right direction. Now, I definitely do think that this is a very unforgiving show. If you are lost, then you are lost. And it is not going to take time to explain things to you. Um, so, Which is annoying because it really freaking confuses you. I'm still freaking confused as hell because I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a very annoying show. <laughs> annoying, jeez, I wouldn't use that word, but I would say unforgiving. Like, like I said, it just it does. It's annoying not... because you don't like. It only gives you just a little bit of of confirmation of things. It gives you like a little bit of answers, and then then you get like a whole new bunch of other questions, and mm -hmm. it doesn't. It takes like a like it takes a while for them to explain it. Like I would have wished that the Man in Black. The la the episode before this one would have said, "Yeah, I'm, 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 mm -hmm. I'm William." Yeah, but well, maybe we get that in the next episode where she calls him William or something like that. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but it's not. I I don't think it's anything necessarily surprising. We had a huge like think about Game of Thrones. I'm not going to spoil anything, but we had a huge major fan theory that was confirmed in the last season. And think about how they did that. They didn't flat out say it. Oh, this person is this person, and this. And they didn't say that. They just used visuals to show it to you, and you're supposed to go, oh, oh. Okay, but there's a lot of people who do not, like, know all the book stuff, who do not know, like, all the fan theories that still have no idea what any of that means. You know what I'm saying? So, in Game of Thrones, that's, an, I think, it, you can't put it past HBO to be like this because they are like this in general. They're going to confirm things very subtly and just expect you to be able to follow along. Whatever. <laughs> I guess you Whatever. disagree. Um, anyway, we will kind of wrap up our Westworld discussion. We will actually be having um, our, our new uh, our members who are who have been on the midway point review. We ha yeah, it was the midway mid season review of Westworld. We'll be having them on the next for our next episode. Hopefully, Clark and Jesse will be on, and we'll be talking all about this first season. Um, the craziness that has ensued and all of the crazy theories about this season and next. But, yeah, anything, final thoughts about Westworld before we throw it over to the, you and Enrique for The Walking Dead? Um, it's, it's, it's a good episode, guys. It's a good show. So definitely check it out. Yeah, I think my friend, she started watching the show mm -hmm. and I was like, 
I have no idea you're watching the show, but now that you're watching the show, we have something to talk about. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's great. Before we switch it over to The Walking Dead, I am gonna let you guys know who won the poll last week's poll of which <laughs> Disney modern classic is better, Tangled or Frozen. And Tangled won by a swooping seventy four percent to twenty six percent. I was shocked, man. I was shocked by this poll. I, I was not. I expected. It. I know. I know you expected it, but I did not expect it because I know a lot of people that did that love Frozen. Matter of fact, I had to call those. I had to call some of those people who love Frozen. Was like, "What do you vote? Vote? <laughs> <laughs> it's just vote." So, um, yeah, it's definitely the biggest poll that we had. So it seems like you guys are really liking the poll. So we will probably come up with another poll soon. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, we'll maybe, see. Maybe, maybe. We try to make them come out as natural as possible, so we'll see. Definitely. But all right, we're going to pass it over to The Walking Dead Recap. This is our weekly TV recap of The Walking Dead with spoilers, guys. Just giving you that warning right now. There's going to be spoilers for this past episode of The Walking Dead. With me right now is Enrique. Enrique, how you doing, man? I'm excited, and I apologize for my voice. I sound like I'm dying, and I sort of am, but I'm excited. I came here to talk about The Walking Dead, and that's what we're going to do. Oh, boy. All right, man. So, what are you... What do you think about this episode? I, I know you like this episode more than most people, so yes. can you give us your reasoning as to why you like this episode more than a lot of people, and, and what did you overall think of this episode? I'm in the minority for this episode, because I really liked this. This was one of my favorite episodes of the season, because we got introduced into a new community with a different twist on it, and it's good to mix things up in The Walking Dead, because we have some repetition problems sometimes, and they got a character that no one cared about. And she got her own episode, which was surprising to me and a lot of other people, but they made her interesting. And they, her character and her personality came out really well in this episode. It was a very different take for The Walking Dead. And I really enjoyed all the character stuff, like I said before, and the ending was really good, in my opinion. Okay, alright, so you really like this episode, so what do you think of the new community, man? I mean, I, I personally thought it was a really... I agree with you, I thought that... I thought seeing that new community was really interesting it was sort of like the modern amazons in a sense because there was it was just all women and there were just there were some killers man like they they knew how to shoot well and everything so this is just a community feels just filled with some hardcore like some some strong women in here Mm -hmm. so what do you think about this community I really liked it. I liked the ocean take. That was very cool seeing them on the ocean and their whole name, like Oceanside type thing. One problem that I feel story-wise that should have happened is as much as I really did like um, our main character coming back to see like Eugene and be granted like by her like lover is dead and really emotional, but what I didn't like about the story is I feel like she should have stayed at Oceanside because that would have added another... like point of view through the show so we'd be going through with alexandria the kingdom and oceanside and that would be really cool if she stayed and like grew in the ranks like maggie at hilltop and yeah that would have been really cool to just see but she came back and that makes me think that oceanside is just going to come back as like another story point as like wanting to kill a bunch of people and wanting to take revenge type stuff but i feel like they could have grown more if they gave them time um, I, I get where you're coming from, from a point, but they, she had to come back. She had to go back and she had to check on, on her, on everybody. It's not like she, you know, it's not like she had something going on where she had to leave Alexandria. So she had to come back. She, w- she was dating someone, um, in Alexandria. So she wanted to come back to her and make sure that she was okay. So from a story point, I guess I could see where you're coming from, but at the same time, it just makes more sense if she went back to Alexandria. Yeah, I guess. Um, okay, so we talked about this group. Do you think they're going to come back? Do you think they're going to come back and help with Negan? Because they have a lot of guns there, from what we saw. Yes. 
I don't think necessarily that they are going to come back and officially start fighting against Negan. I might see them staying in the shadows for a while until the end of the season. And maybe towards the like mid-half point of the season, maybe they'll come back, but they might want revenge from Alexandria necessarily, more than the Saviors type thing. Because they, they seem pretty pissed. I would be pissed if this girl came in, we sheltered her, we made a deal, and then she comes back to knock some of our people out and just run away again. So, they might want some vengeance. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, I mean, I hope that they come back because it seemed like a really interesting community. It seemed that these people knew what they were doing. Um, it seemed that... They, that they knew what they were doing at the end of the day, that these people could fight and that these people can really bring some sort of firepower to the war, um, that they're all talking about. They're all, I mean, all these groups are talking about going against Negan at this point. There is a sense of rebellion when it comes to Negan. So I wonder if this group is gonna stop running and come back and fight with alongside the Hilltop, um, Alexandria, and that other group with the uh, with Shiva, the kingdom, kingdom the kingdom. kingdom. Yeah, if they all unite, I think that that would be like a pretty cool thing to happen. Do you think that they're all going to unite towards like the end of the season? If that's going to happen, I don't know necessarily if they're going to do that exactly. Okay, all right. What do you think about um? What do you think? What do you think he left? Um, forgot his. I forgot his name. Heath. Yeah, Heath. Yeah, what do you think Heath went? I think it was an interesting decision for him to just, like, flat-out leave and him not to come back to Alexandria. But I think he will come back eventually. I don't see him coming back anytime soon, though. Because that, that is a good story point they have right now, and they could throw it on them. Like, maybe he joined the Saviors. That could be a really cool thing. Or he just, like, flat-out lift, and they never show where he went. It could be really cool to show some story. Yeah, because it never officially said anything about him returning you know mm -hmm. what i mean yeah and it, it, it looked like when tara went back like he still wasn't there so um it's interesting it's also interesting to see like his like the dialogue that they both have in the beginning of the show where mm -hmm. she's just like we had to do this and he's just like no but it's, it doesn't feel right mm -hmm. so it feels interesting um coming from heath uh, did you do you like Heath though? Do you like his character, or do you not? It's or is it's he... it's sort of meh. I mean, like we haven't had too much. I like some of the things he said at the beginning of the episode. Like, there's no point in keep trying scavenging, and some of the decisions he was making already inside of his head. But otherwise, he's not. I don't. He doesn't stand out to me that much. Okay. All right, man. Um, any predictions for the next episode? Next episode, I feel like we are going to see more Kingdom stuff, I think, next episode. And maybe we'll probably stay back at Alexandria. Well, oh yeah, I forgot about Carl. They'll probably show some Carl stuff, too, so maybe we won't see too much Alexandria. You maybe just, just do not like Carl. Maybe some Kingdom stuff from Carl, I guess. I we know. haven't seen much of the Kingdom. We haven't. No. I think that was the second episode this season. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen much of the Kingdom at all, um, which is which sucks. Um the kingdom was a really interesting place, so I mm -hmm. hope that we go back there at least for a little bit just to see mm -hmm. where where everything is at. I mean, we have we have the hilltop that we've seen mm -hmm. where Maggie and um, Enid and Sasha, Maggie, Enid, and Sasha staying at, and we have um, the kingdom where Morgan and um, Carol Carol are staying at, and then we have I know these names are slipping <laughs> out ahead, and then we have this other this other place Oceanside Oceanside yeah, but so, we don't have any characters right there. No right characters now. planted there, but we do have three uh, three definite um, safe zones mm -hmm. that are under Negan's rule right now, mm -hmm. and they all fear and respect Negan. So it's definitely interesting um, with that dynamic. So it's it's interesting to see because. They're all talking about him having like an army, but it's just they don't know of each other's existence yet, or, mm -hmm. and if they want to even try to go up against Negan. So mm -hmm. it's it's interesting, man. Interesting that we have this many people mm -hmm. that fear this one guy. So they just need to like fix some story stuff. Like why can't why do we need each episode dedicated to a designated safe zone? Why can't we cut through them? Please just cut through them. Yeah, I mean this is this is this season has had a lot of backlash just because of the fact that they're taking so much time just on each in each and every individual thing, and it's just like if it was if it went back to the way they formatted season four, 
where they would focus on like two different you know styles of like where mm-hmm. I remember the mid season the mid like when the season uh, started up again for season four they focused on Rick Carl and Michonne mm-hmm. so and they were in two different places so I just hope that they get back together with that uh, type of storytelling because this is taking a long time it pacing is so slow right now so I get that they want to stick to the fact that Negan Negan is Negan is boss but they need to speed things up just a little bit more because people are losing interest it's sort of just like there's a lot of backlash at the show right now yeah it's just like Glenn and Abraham's death is just nothing at this point it's just really slow it's just the whole depression thing which mm-hmm. understand that they wanted to break these characters but we need to start to see them pick a little bit, get a little bit back up, just mm-hmm. a little bit. So I hope we see that soon. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe at the end of episode nine of this mid-season finale, maybe, maybe when it comes back in February, who knows? But um, it'd be interesting to see that. But well, guys, this is your Walking Dead recap. Please check in again as we review. Episode 8. We're going to pass it to Carlos and Jesse on Star Wars Rebels Recap. back for our star wars rebels recap um episode nine of season three i believe um and we are here not with jesse this time we have a little bit of a mix-up or not a mix-up we had just some scheduling issues (laughs) yeah and jesse was not able to be on this segment of the podcast but that's all right because we have miles with us how are you doing miles hey guys i'm doing good i'm a bit nervous with stepping into jesse's shoes (laughs) i mean i can't really do that but he knows so much about star wars in the universe that's i can only try so much (laughs) to try to be some sort of a Jesse substitution? I don't know. Yeah. I'm glad to be here and talk about <laughs> Star Wars. Um, Always. Yeah, we'll we'll be fine, I think. Um, yeah. Well, obviously we don't have the extensive canon knowledge, but we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you think of this episode? You know, I think as a standalone, as far as standalone episodes goes, I think this was one of the better one-off episodes, mm-hmm. I would say. I think the animation was something that really stuck out to me, especially at the end. Uh, there was there were actual character arcs that happened yes. and character things they were setting up. You actually got to see the whole group interact, which is something that's sort of been missing with these one-off things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it was a decent episode, but, I mean, the complaint is still there. That there isn't much that's advancing the story. Like, if this was in the beginning, I probably would have loved the episode, Mm -hmm. to be honest. But it's getting so redundant for me that I can't let that slide, even though it comes up, like, every week. Yeah. I I definitely, I understand that. And I know Jesse was a little more negative on this episode. This episode? Yes. Really? um, Than he usually is. And I completely get it. But... To me, this is the second week in a row where, yes, I will admit that it is filler, but I'll also admit that I had fun with this episode. I wasn't annoyed with with the fact that it was filler. Um, And I'm not even, to be honest, I don't know how you feel, but I'm not the biggest Hondo fan. I never was. Jesse is. Um, so th- I do find it interesting that he was a little more negative, even though he is a Hondo fan. It's a very heavy Hondo episode. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and then I'm more positive. It's strange, but... Um, all right, well, what did you think of the story, the whole mission with Hondo coming to them, and then you have Ezra, who is oddly willing, like, he's very willing to trust Hondo. Yeah, and I don't know, as I saw it, it kind of came across me that I don't know if he's as much willing mm-hmm. to trust Hondo, but I don't think whatever it is, I don't think he's 100% willing yeah. to submit to Zeb, so that, the only true, possible definitely. outcome is to submit to Hondo, and I thought yeah. that aspect of the story seeing what Ezra was doing I mm-hmm. thought that was really interesting because personally I feel like it's been a while since we've kind of played into Ezra's development yeah which is needed I thought that was good I think personally I don't love Hondo as much as Jesse and as a lot of the internet but I still think he's a fun character and I 
You know what? I th- I thought this episode was really fun because of that banter. Mm-hmm. The bounty hunter. I don't yeah. know. It was fun. That yeah. I really enjoyed the story. Yeah. Um I going back to the Ezra thing, like mm-hmm. with his kind of character development, I thought they did that in a really good and subtle way mm-hmm. because it's almost like Hera and the rest of them are not as willing to trust Hondo. They don't want to do it because they know that he always gets something out of it and that he's always not really telling them all of the truth. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Ezra, I think he even says in the episode, he's like, but we always get, like, we always come out on top with Hondo. Like, he, he's almost willing to take, like, a the ends justify the means mentality. And I think right. that's a very Sith thing to do or a very dark side thing to do at least. Do you think this continual... Because I know Hondo has always sort of played them a little bit. Yeah. But do you think some of the trust in him... Because it hasn't been... I mean, in this episode, it wasn't anything for me... Yeah. In, like, giant. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's going to be a moment because of all this trust and this continuing of sort of trusting him? Do you think that's going to come to play later this season? (sighs) Man, that's a good question. I don't know about later this season. I think ultimately it will come back to bite them. Like, he's going to betray them bigger. But at the same time, I don't know if I can see that either because he... I I feel like maybe I'm one of them too. Like I'm starting to fall for it and be like, he's not that bad, you know. Right. So it's interesting. I I'm not quite sure how that's gonna play out in the future. Um. But what do you think about his his lie? Like the him saying that he like this was the first time that he he was hearing about it or whatever. With as Morgan is that the other character's name? Yeah. Um. And then we go there and we find out that he already tried to attack the ship, but something went wrong and he abandoned some of his crew there. Um, what did you think about all that? <laughs> that lie was just inevitable. Yeah. Because if he was telling the whole truth in this episode, mm-hmm. you know that he'd end up be lying yeah. later on. Yeah. So I thought that fit perfectly with the plot. It mm-hmm. was totally what I expected. And I guess maybe that's a discredit because sure. <laughs> the lie was totally what you expected. It wasn't any... Everything that happened, even though it was effective enough, it was all pretty predictable mm-hmm. how it played out uh, for me personally. But I thought, yeah, I I mean, I enjoyed that. I thought it fit well with the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree. I thought it was it, it was fine. I didn't mm-hmm. think it was like, I wasn't like, my mind wasn't blown when it yeah. happened. Like, oh my gosh, no, that's what happened. I'm like, okay. So there's the lie. And it wasn't anything huge and it wasn't anything like too small either. You can understand why they'd be mad. Um, and this is just another, like, this is something I mentioned in the last recap as well. That we're starting to get back to them kind of gathering supplies. Right. And I do, I, I am interested to see that. Yes, it is filler, but I, that to me, that's, we're, it's, we're still building to where I know we need to go. So it doesn't bother me as much personally. Yeah. And that's really where Rebels, when it has filler episodes, that's mm-hmm. when it does it at its best, where even though you know it's filler, it's still setting up something that yeah. you really know. I feel like this episode had a lot of things that are going to really come to play yeah. in the mid-season finale or the season finale, but at some point. So they're starting to set up certain payoffs, mm-hmm. and I think the rebellion as a whole is going to be much larger mm-hmm. at the end of the season, which is what the show is yeah, about. That's true. Um, all right, I'm going to ask you one more question okay. about the about something that could come into play in the future, and then we're going to get to something specific that I know people are really anxious for us to be talking about. Right. Um, but first I want to talk about the relationship between Zeb and Ezra. Yes. Do you think that that is going to be something that carries forward? Like, do you think that's going to become more of an issue down the line? Or is this just something that they've been living together for so long that they're bound to have their arguments? Yeah, I mean, on one hand, you could look at it as a bit of a family dynamic, yeah. which the episode did really well. I, I missed Kanan in this episode. That's I wish he was in it more. Yeah. Anyways, you know, it's it's hard to say. I think I would hope that it comes to play, and I hope this is intentional. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I could see it really... At this point, they do it, so I could see it going either way. Yeah. You? I, I agree. I, it's I so can, hard to say. It's yeah, it's hard because I don't want to be like middle, but yeah, I I do think that it's going to come into play because I am of the mind that to me Zeb is a goner. I think he's going to go. He's going to be one of the first to go because ultimately we know the show has to end somewhat horribly. But yeah. I think he's going to be one of the first to go, and to build up a conflict with Ezra is. It's an interesting way that we somewhere we could be going. Do you think that's too dark though? It could what be. you're hinting at. I know. 
I I know. <laughs> and it's hard, but this show, I mean, this show's been pretty dark before. It's gone to places, yes. yeah. Not consistently. That's true. But it does. Yes. Um, it, I don't even know. It's It was pretty dark at, towards, at points in last season, but really it, it was darker in the first season overall. But anyway... Uh, let's talk about real quick the Dark Troopers or whatever they're called these days. Yeah, the Dark uh, Troopers. Yeah. Um, what did you think about them? Do you know anything about them I from did, old legends? Uh, you know, I'm not super familiar with the mm-hmm. canon, but I did a little bit of research knowing I was going to go into this. Yeah. Uh, but as far as I see, I mean, it's I hate being in the middle ground. Yeah. But it's either them giving a nod to the fans mm-hmm. because it was really, I mean, they didn't even refer to them yeah, as dark troopers. No. They were called centuries. centuries yeah. yeah. So either they'll, it's being set up that they will become dark troopers mm-hmm. and they will elaborate on that, or it's just an Easter egg. Yeah. Either way, I was honestly a little disappointed. Same. Which is probably, I'd assume, Jesse. Was yeah. disappointed by that as well, yeah. right? This this is where I think we're going to miss Jesse because this is something that I yes. he was very itching or he was itching to watch it and then I'm sure he was itching to talk about it as well. Um I'm not quite sure his thoughts on that. I will be interested to hear that on our next recap. I'll ask him about it then. But I was kind of disappointed as well. They thought they were just like all right, like it wasn't anything too special. I could see them kind of being in the background of different things Maybe. here or there, but to me, like, I don't know much about the Legends stuff, but it seems like it was a pretty big deal yeah. in Legends. And, and I'm it sure does, it's amazing in Legends. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, the theory of them, the, the idea of them is, as far as I know, don't shoot at me if I get it wrong, <laughs> but it's basically like a Stormtrooper robot. Yeah. It's efficiency, and it's yeah. such a cool idea, but yeah. I really, eh. I don't know. I mean, it could be something that starts to develop, and it could be that this becomes an arc in the show. Right. But... I, I don't know. To me, it seems like they're going to be more something in the background that you'll see every once in a while, but I don't know. We could be wrong, and hopefully we're wrong. Hopefully, I want to be yeah, wrong. <laughs> I, I want to be surprised. Um, yeah, so this was our recap of Episode 9 of Season 3 of Star Wars Re- Rebels. What is this episode called? I can't remember. A little white through loop? It was a very, yeah, was a very confusing like looking title. Yes, I did not want to try to pronounce it, and I just failed at it, but whatever. Okay. Um, all right, so we are also going to be signing out for the rest of the Screen Fellas podcast. Um are you all right, Miles? Uh, can I do a rec- recommendation? <laughs> oh, you want to do recommendations? Sure. Go sure. for it. Go wow. for it. Because I was thinking, <laughs> I was literally, I've been watching something and I was thinking, if I was on the show, I would so recommend this because right, no one talks it. about it. I've been watching because I got recently got an HBO subscription to watch Westworld oh, really? when I'm not around. <laughs> and I've been watching on HBO the Larry Sanders show. Okay. It's a comedy with uh, Gary Shanling, the late Gary Shanling, who passed away earlier this year. And it's so hard to describe, but it came out in the early 90s, and I'll just say that it has probably influenced every comedy that followed in the years to come. Mm -hmm. It was so ahead of its time, and I'm currently watching it now, and it holds up so well. It's such a great show. Please, please watch The Larry Sanders Show. It has uh, Jeffrey Jeffrey Tambor from Transparent and Mm -hmm. Arrested Development. It's brilliant it's great i hate using that word but it really is <laughs> all right that, that's awesome um and i will also make a recommendation as well since we're doing that um i will recommend something this will be a my, slight tease for a video that will be coming out oh, pretty soon um i will be recommending the iron giant um, I'm not going to say what the video is, <laughs> but we will yes. be, it, it's going to be discussed briefly on a video in the future. Um, but the Iron Giant is, in my opinion, one of the best animated films of all time. Brad Good Bird film. directed it. Um, it's very emotional. Um, it's got a great story. It might be the best Superman movie of all time. <laughs> um, it's not be. even a Superman movie. You're uh, not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so highly recommend it. It's, um... I think for people of our age, it's pretty well known, I'd say, but maybe not. It's not as well known as some of the Disney um, stuff, the other Disney stuff or whatever, but highly recommend it. Check it out. Um, Check it out. Great, great movie. And keep an eye out for that YouTube video in the future. All right. So we are going to be signing out for the Screen Fellas podcast. Um Let's do social media real quick before we fully sign out. Um, you can find Ozzy on social media at Castro Ozzy on Twitter and at Ozzy Cray on Instagram. 
think I got that right. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Shuri456. And Miles, how about you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Miles underscore Haruki. And if you want, follow me on Letterboxd at Miles Attempts. Definitely. Give me a follow. Yeah, you can follow me there as well. Keep track of all the things that I'm um, watching. And I also will put brief reviews on there as well. I know you do. You review some of them, not all of them, right? If it's amazing or... Terrible. Horrible. I'll review it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, you can also follow Screenfellows on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's all at Screenfellows, so definitely find us there. And also follow the YouTube channel. This is our head of video production right here. So he puts up tons of great content there, and we'll always have some stuff on there. Um, basically weekly, um, maybe even twice a week, depending on the week, honestly. Um, so, yeah, check that stuff out. And, um, I think that's it. Oh, make sure you subscribe on, um, YouTube on, on, uh, sorry, uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all of those things. Ozzy normally does the outro, guys. Don't shoot me. Um, <laughs> and rate and review us on iTunes. And also, um, I announced this on social media, but I'll announce it here. We are now on Google Play. So if you are an Android user or you have people who are Android users, um, send them the Google Play link. We're having a little bit of issues with searching for it and finding it, but there is a link on our social media, so send that to your Android people. Um, so guys, it's been a great episode, a shorter episode, but a good episode. So, thank you for joining us. This is Screenfellows. Help me,